come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> hey, thank you for listening to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast, where a movie review podcast comes your way every Saturday, whether you're ready for it or not, in our quest to take over the world one podcast at a time that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense but help no us. it doesn't are we are we taking over other people's podcasts Ooh, this is an idea do we each get one? Oh, let's start a feud who can we fight with who are we gonna take down and then, still, we just, we, uh, then we just use just like their to... title but it's our podcast and we just kind of spread that way yeah let's shoot for the stars joe rogan we're coming for you <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the internet radio superstars who are going to introduce themselves starting with Holly, Michaela, John, and I'm Colin. And hey, do us a favor, wherever you found us, go on over and hit that like or better yet, the subscribe button. Hey, leave us a review. We'll read your reviews later uh, on uh, when we summon our mailman, Igor, in his little segment right before we wrap all this up and tell you whether or not we recommend tonight's movie, which was chosen by John. What, what did what did we do to you? You hurt me. And this is my revenge. Um, <laughs> so, tonight, matter of fact, I believe you. I actually believe what you're saying, Sean. That wasn't even a joke. What did we what watch tonight? Revenge? What is this revenge for? Beast Must Die was good. Maybe it's for Phantoms. No, it's for Resident Evil. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tonight, we watched Pet Cemetery 2 from the year 1992. And uh, there, there's your problem right there. And directed by. <laughs> it might be uh, Mary Lambert. Who we would know from uh, Pet Cemetery One? Okay. How, how is that possible? I know. <laughs> I know, right? We yeah. know she can do better. Like we've seen it. Did she? Did she see the first movie? <laughs> yeah. Well, Mary Lambert, <laughs> she was a they extracted it from her brain. She was a music video director. She got her start uh, on all those famous Madonna videos from uh, uh, Like a Prayer and material girl and all that stuff she did stuff for drama rama i don't know just tons of like 80s uh music videos and then broke into uh, movies yeah. rod stewart uh uh the arrhythmics janet jackson lots of madonna yeah sting mm-hmm. yeah you know, it's, it's funny because now that you say that i i get vibes i get music video vibes in this movie for sure oh yeah this felt like, for sure. like one like grungy nineteen ninety early nineteen nineties music. Yeah, group. she also That's directed true. Halloween Town too. Yes, she did. That's <laughs> awesome. I know. <laughs> she um, also did um, the In Crowd. I don't know if you ever seen that one. The In the movie. Yeah, the In Crowd. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with like uh, Susan Ward and. And it's about the popular kids, and they're just they're yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking everybody. And yeah, that movie, which that I was that movie. Yeah. after this, right? That was uh, way after. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. She was trying to redeem that was, her what, career. Nineties, early two thousands. That was two uh, thousands, I think. Oh, two thousand. There you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Um, 
All right. So, I mean, obviously, if you're a fan of this show, we have now covered this is the third Pet Cemetery movie that we've covered. We did the original, which was one of our, I think, highest rated episodes uh, for that period of time. All you guys love Pet Cemetery. Then yeah, we did the, uh, the remake when that came out, uh, the blasphemous Pet Cemetery remake. I, I am still shocked at um, not just like. Not just our listeners, but just the overall acceptance of that movie. So many people like that movie, and it's shocking to me. But the people that like it don't like horror movies. It's not horror people that like it. I don't know, because we've had a lot of listeners write in and be like, hey, I didn't li- I didn't mind it. I kind of liked it. And it's like, really? If you want to really? hear what rage sounds like coming through your headphones, listen to that episode. We are working <laughs> up on that episode. We are not happy. Well, who knows? That Didn't we come happen. straight from the theater? Yeah, it was something like yeah, that or, yeah. It was either that night or the next day. We took a freak yeah. show field trip. It was, saw it when it was new. I think it was the next day, but yeah. we were very angry, and there was lingering yeah. effects from that movie. That was inspired, of course. The remake came at us because Stephen King was a big deal again there for a brief period of time because of the success of it. Everybody was like, we got to do Stephen King again. I mean, Dark Tower and then Pet Cemetery. But I don't know, Salem's Lot, I think, is in the works and got halted because of uh, the COVID uh, you know, pandemic. So, But back in 1990, what would you say? This is 1992, right? Yes. That's when Three years after out. the original. Uh, I think the person who's most responsible for this is a guy named Ralph Singleton. He's the producer. He produced the first one. And then I think in between these two movies, he directed um, Graveyard Shift, which was the other Stephen King. Uh, oh, God. The one with the, the mill with the rats. In the base, you guys haven't seen this? Brad Dorf? I have not seen this, no. Oh, God. That one's terrible, too. Um, <laughs> so he got it. Did he get it in the mind? It's like, ha, I've directed now. I know what we should do for this movie. And he kind of well, went nuts on it. Isn't Sleepwalkers right around this time, too? Yeah, because that's like 93, I think. Yeah. And, or 93. Then we had uh, we also had Lawnmower Man, which was one that famously uh, Stephen King sued to get his name taken off of. Uh, he he also, has to get his name taken off of this movie, too. Yeah, because what were they going to call it? Stephen King's Pet Cemetery 2? Which you can't do. Because it has no relation not. to any uh, any uh, character. Well, I mean, it's it's not a continuum. This is not uh, his stuff at all. So no. I guess this is, okay, so this is kind of where I wanted to start on this, right? Is the idea, um, forget the movie that you just saw, all right? Wow. <laughs> okay. So Pet Cemetery comes out in 1989. It's a big financial success. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. Was it? It made like $50 million in 1989 money. The new one made uh, like $113 million. So it is the most successful Pet Cemetery movie. This one made $17 million. Um, but okay, so it, forget that you saw this. So the mo- first movie's come out and it's a big hit. So what? What do you? What does the audience want to see? Because you're like, well, we got to make another one. We got to make another one of those pet cemetery movies. What does the audience want to see? What are the ingredients that you have to have? I mean, where would you take that? I mean, that you're right. I mean, this movie overcomplicates it. You really just need. It can be just another family in the same town. Okay, but I mean, at some point, you run the risk of remaking the movie, right? Yeah. Because this is going to be, we got, I mean, the whole gist of that movie is, uh, I mean, eventually there's a, and sorry if you haven't seen Pet Cemetery, we're going to spoil it. But, uh, <laughs> Any of them. 
The gist is that there's a town in Maine that has hidden in the woods. There's an ancient Micmac Indian burial ground that is cursed and, or is possessed by an evil spirit. And when you bury people there, or people, anything, and bury a living thing there, it comes back to life, right? Yeah, like a cat or a bull, as we've discussed. A what? A, a bull. bull. That's the that's the sequel movie. Is you the man you who loved his bull about the guy who buried his pet bull? Yeah, <laughs> and dragged his fucking bull all the way that, up there. That's like a big detour in the book. They talk about that story a lot. Because well, it took him too long to get up there. Because <laughs> it's like over the hills and far away, right through the bramble, through the woods, the deadfall. To the grandmother's house, house we go. We go. Oh, yeah. yeah, got it. It's out there. Thanks when they talk about place. how, like, when the bull comes back, it's basically like running down the streets of Ludlow, just like terrorizing the town. <laughs> nice. That's how you make the stakes bigger. What? So, like, is that what you do? I mean, so he's the bull then. Um, Clancy Brown's the bull. Basically, I guess. Well, this is the thing, I guess, that maybe the first movie, the first movie, you know, kind of works its way and it's always revealing something, which is what I kind of like about it. You know, you go into that movie not knowing what's going on. It's like there's a pet cemetery where kids bury their pets. Okay. But behind that one, there's the other one. Uh, The little girl's um, cat gets hit. And so then it becomes like, well, the kindly neighborhood guy who knows the secret of this hidden place that I don't think a lot of the locals know about, right? Is that what the impression you got off the first one? Judd knows about it. Not well known. I mean, known enough for people that have collected a a fair few uh, specimens over the years in the cemetery, but it doesn't seem like, you know, well, not the the cemetery, the the, the burial ground. Yeah. Uh, In that movie though, we don't really see many other people. That's the thing. We really only see Judd and the creeds and like a few people. (laughs) College, but that's it. Yeah. So it's like uh, so we don't really know because we don't see anyone else. Mm-hmm. So the camera tilts to the left a little bit, and you see the whole line of people who are backed up to bury their pets. <laughs> hey, Is no cutsies! <laughs> well, here's, here's what Mine I got. Mine back there. Off of the first one, I got the because I think like I don't know. I like the first movie, so I remember little bits and pieces of it that are you know. But uh, Judd says that he heard about the place from the Raggedy Man, right? Which is uh, some old town drunk or something who tells him and possibly of Indian yeah. descent who tells him about the place, right, and about the power. So it's like Judd has this special knowledge that it's there. It's like it's not well known and what it does. He took his, uh, you know, dog up there and the dog came back and then eventually the dog died of old age. Um, somebody did take a person up there once in like the 40s or the 50s and uh, he came back and was evil, and they had to like kill him and burn Timmy Baderman, right? They had to kill him. Yeah, yeah they, they burned down his house with him in it. So, in the book, it's it's like this urban legend that everyone like wants to forget and kind of chooses to ignore. But the town does know about it. You're saying they do, but Other they like Joe. all just kind of pretend like it it isn't a real thing. Like a Timmy Baderman situation happens once every like 10 to 15 years in the book. And they, after that incident is over, they all just try to pretend like it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. But well, if we're talking escalation, it's like the whole idea in the book or not the book, sorry, in the movie and the book, I think is that there's this evil spirit that lives there. It wants to possess people and come back. And when they come back, if it has a person, it comes back evil, and it wants to basically kill everybody else because it wants to have souls or 
whatever to kill it. You know, it's just it's a killing thing, right? It's this evil. Awful I think it force. wants more vessels to bring back more dudes. From yeah, the and I think that's ground. why they always take the pets there because pets are less intelligent creatures, and so there's not really that threat that the pets are going to kill you, but a a person. Right, is going to come back as this evil force, and yeah. of course, you know the guy ends up burying his uh, family members up there, and so that's the end of the movie. It's like boom, this is shocking. Uh, you know, a person comes back. Um, so then you're left now with we, like, what, yeah, what are you going to do with the sequel? Um, they left one uh, character alive, uh, Ellie yeah. Creed. Do you, do you do could have gone with, with her? her? Well, I, Rachel walks back in at the end, like undead. Yeah, what happens after that? You know, it's like, I don't know. These are all sorts of, uh, the, the the mind begs the question of, like, what happens after this? this? movie doesn't care, but it's annoying because they walk right past that house. Yeah. yeah. You can't acknowledge it like that and not explain what happened. Yeah. Ooh, it would have been cool if they did do a movie about Ellie. And there's always the question of her mother. And then, like, during the big third act reveal, like, her mother is still dead and around and comes back and shit. That'd be cool. Something, something more related to the creeds. I think if they're, you know, yeah. if it's a, it's especially, you know, the, f- the story's focused on them. But we're going to go. Nope, sequel. Get rid of the whole the creeds. This is just going to be another story where somebody else gets buried in the pet cemetery and comes back. So now we got to come up with who's coming back and why they're coming back. Yeah. And so this movie comes go up with the whole. Well, what's the intro again? Yeah. What do we got here? What's what's the uh, what's the setup of this? Well, the setup is, um, uh, well, Edward, first of all, let's go through who's starring in this movie. We have Edward Furlong. Hot uh, off a of Terminator hot, 2. Hot off a of Terminator 2. Very successful young man. We've got uh, Anthony Edwards. Pre-ER, but post-Top Gun. Yes. You can tell by the hair. That's how you judge <laughs> Anthony Edwards' career and where he's at, by how much hair he's got left. Um, and then uh, we've got Clancy Brown as the sheriff, kind of the asshole sheriff of the movie um we start the movie uh uh much like um much like we do with stephen king shit even though this is not technically stephen king uh we started on a fake movie set uh in the middle of a movie and it turns out that edward Furlong's mom is an actress and she's on set and uh an accident befalls her which kind of sets everything off a hilarious accident in my opinion it wow Wow. Way did it go on like way too long? Yeah. Like, That's she was why it was so funny. For a long time. Yeah. And I, her acting while she was being electrocuted was pretty bad. So that made yep. it even funnier. It was very much like Daniel Stern in Home Alone too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's very yeah, it's very got- over the top where like all the electrical appliances are exploding and people are running around screaming as this poor woman's being electrocuted. While she's being electrocuted, she's like, which I don't exactly. think actually happens. If you get electrocuted, I pretty much everything tenses up and you, you die. I've been electrocuted. You don't make a sound yeah. like that. That's not how that happens. You want to see a good one. You see a movie called the believers, which also starts off with a similar scene, more realistic domestic, but uh, yeah, that was uh, shocking and horrifying. This one is like cranked up to 11 and, uh-huh. uh, but I mean, this basically does set up the thing. Uh, you got the relationship between the kid and his mom. He wants her to come back. So eventually, uh, that means she's going to have to get buried in the pet cemetery. And so we got to then, uh, our plot has to be basically explaining to us what the pet cemetery is, how they get, how he gets her to it. Right. And so thus yeah. begins 
loosely. The movie. <laughs> yeah, and they got to restart everything and explain to us again. Um, yeah, how, we kind of like the, the take a detour. We take a pretty long detour before we get there. <laughs> With the bowl, Clancy Brown. But didn't this, I mean, but didn't that kind of feel like, I mean, that was, it really did, I guess, so Holly, what you're saying is the way that I perceived the movie, that the movie had a very a small story, right? Which is basically, I mean, that's it, what we just described. Uh, but in order to get there, we have to introduce other characters. This movie has a couple stories. Yeah, which Edward Furlong really isn't together. a part of. Yeah. Yeah, What what is the point of Edward Furlong and his family even being in this movie. Like it, it matters in like the cold open and like the end of the third act, but the yeah. rest of the movie, it doesn't fucking matter at all. Yeah. It's really fucking weird. This movie is weird. Weird. It's very weird. Like well, that's off the charts weird. Like, that was a weird movie. Yeah. But um, not scary. I don't no. know what they thought. If they thought it was, I mean, Bloody. It's very gross. Yeah, there's a lot of pus, bodily fluids, blood, things drills, skinned, uh, yep. yeah, wounds. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's a it's much gorier than the first one. It's yeah. It's just so weird. It's like a polar opposite. It's like it's like she was. It's like she was like all right. In the first movie, I went with I went with fear. I went with dread. I went with emotions. I went with all these things. Let's do the opposite in the next one. But I've been watching a lot of MTV lately. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I need to bring that to this movie. Yeah, basically. Well, the first one's a tragedy. I suppose that's why, yeah. you know, it's kind of, it's it, the, an air of palpable melancholy hangs over that entire first movie. And I think that's part of why you want to go see the next one in this series, you know, because like that was, you know, that was a pretty... <laughs> yeah. That was horrible. Let's watch something just like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and with the first movie, like the things that happen to the family are just like relatable everyday accidents, and that's what makes it so tragic. Is like it, I could deal with something like that, or that could happen to my family. Yeah. Like they're just normal people accidents. Whereas this movie, it's like nothing like this happens to any real people in this fucking movie. Well, I think it's a problem right away by making the mom and act a Hollywood actress. Cause right there it's like, well, I mean, my mom's not a Hollywood actress. I don't know any Hollywood actress, you know, like already yeah. it's like, okay. So I don't know and what the, the lifestyle run, what is matter? of these people. Yeah. Her yeah that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I was thinking that like halfway through the movie, I was like, okay, what was the point of the beginning? But also what was the point of her being an actress? Like it, I don't understand their logic behind it at all. Yeah. Her fame or anything really doesn't play into the, the, the plot of the movie really, except kids going like, Hey, you know, I know I've seen your mom. So what happens is so she, mom and dad were separated and uh, <laughs> I've seen your mom. Can I also bring up real quick? The, uh, the on the wall memorial, that this school put up for this random actress. Did anybody else see this? Well, like no, the Red Book magazine cover pasted to a wall. It's like, oh, yeah, but wasn't her. that after they moved back and she went to that school? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, oh, she, she was it? high school. Yeah, yeah, that was she? like, yeah. Okay, like I hope they so. They had an alum that passed away. Because otherwise, I'm like, what's what what school does this? for someone for a celebrity who dies well i like the way that you're saying that this is not clear to us in the movie <laughs> like uh, yes yeah they move uh they move back to ludlow maine which is where the first movie took place we're reminded of this because the creed family legend uh has seeped through the entire town the entire town seems to know about a that there's a mcmac burial ground 
that uh, the creeds, you know, whatever, there was a, a zombie in the family and the creed murders. Everybody knows all this stuff. Yeah. Which I say, I don't know how. And, you know, who knows what, what came after this? We find out that uh, Ellie Creed grew up, murdered her grandparents, went to an insane asylum or something like that. Um, and then maybe wrote a book. Yeah, from the from the not house. I mean, why not? Yeah, which this is based on probably. Um, so Anthony Edwards and 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 the actress were divorced. Uh, so they but they end up moving back to her hometown. I think it's there. It's his hometown too. They met right. Yeah, uh, sometime back there because we're introduced to the sheriff. This is Clancy Brown, and he used to date uh, the mom. So we're we're yep. setting up some kind of dynamic where uh you know the, these two guys are don't are at each other's throats. Um <laughs> setting up. It's you, the way you say it implies there's some like delicacy to doing that. Not this movie though. Cuz no, he basically there's... just steps in front of Edward Furlong and be like, "Hey, fucked your mom once." <laughs> yeah. There is about a That's there, basically what yeah. he does. There's a 20 second awkward moment and that's it. Well, let's talk about Clancy Brown in this movie, <laughs> because he's basically, uh, if you've seen this movie, you are going to remember Clancy Brown and his performance in this movie for the rest of your life. You may not remember the details of anything else, but right. you're going to remember him. But you know, it was fucking weird. Yeah. Well, he's so he's the sheriff, but he's also the stepdad of uh, this kid that Furlong ends up uh, befriending at school. He's his only friend. They're the, basically the misfit out, outcasts. Um, but Clancy Brown is just a Dick. despicable, <laughs> awful human being in this movie. Yep. Um, yes. What's his uh, What's his offenses? What do you got here? Um. Well, he's he's a creep for one. He, he's uh, a bunny rubber. <laughs> <laughs> a, he's a damn a dirty what? bunny a what? rubber. A what? what a damn dirty bunny rubber. <laughs> An aggressive bunny rubber, is, if I could say that. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a pen out in front of his house that he keeps rabbits in that apparently he sells, but he likes them maybe a bit too much. He's watching them fuck while he's stroking another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like how we're introduced to him, right? It's real creepy. Well, he seemed like he was okay at the funeral, right? He keeps all the paparazzi back who are trying to take pictures of the casket going in the ground. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, ugh, unsavory. Um, Photojournalism. Well, he's, Ghouls. He's also, <laughs> I mean, he's got, you know, uh, he's rough with the kid. You know, he's just a, kind of addicted to him with all of his uh, rules and all that other stuff. He's, you know, yeah. throwing yeah. his Very weight strict. around all over the place. He ends up shooting the fucking kid's dog, um, you know, yeah. just to be an he's, asshole. I warned that he's kid. He's awful. He's really gro- Like, he, like, fondles the kid's mom in front of him. Like, it's, he's just disgusting. He's just the worst stepdad of all time. I like blame a, him for that. But, but And this is in, like, in front a, of the kid. Well, the kid wasn't there when when the fondling started. That was a husband and wife moment that the kid. But he walked didn't in. stop when the kid walked in. No, he did not. That's true. Um, the uh, yeah, it's just like to me, and I don't know you guys how you took this. It's like he's a cartoonish um, bad guy. I mean, he's just like mm-hmm. so over the top. This character, yeah. right? It's like usually, don't you have to like kind of even these people out with some kind of humanity to make them at least believable? I mean, you can still have them be bad, uh, even uh-huh. evil, but like this guy is, 
you know, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, no yeah. redeeming qualities. It's like the mom found the last dude in town. She's like, all right, I guess I'll bring him. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to show us like him, like watching rabbits fuck for fun, you need to balance that out with like, he can be really charming when he needs to, to the right people, you know? Yeah. But he's not, he's just an no. asshole to everybody. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Right. It's like he when he's not slapping me, he treats me real good. Let me ask I you like, this. Oh. I feel like the reasoning behind that is later on when he's, you know, the undead or whatever, that for like the first few hours or whatever that they're with him, they're under the impression that, hey, maybe this was a good thing because he kind of seems like he's better now. You know, he was like, he was actually nice to me. He's actually, you know. And it doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. No, it, not at no. all. But I think the that was like is automatic, yeah, yeah. I think that's what they wanted to do, but it does not work at all. No, they really want you because the kids are just like his stepson. It's like I, it made us feel like we were a real family. <laughs> it's like this has this kid has an altered sense of what family, is, <laughs> to say the least. It's just like he was so good to me. Yeah. He only put out two cigarettes on me. Well, because he becomes, uh, you know, I mean, I'm saying he's over the top as the as the normal guy. But once he becomes, he becomes the centerpiece zombie creature of the, uh, the this movie. Because the first one's set up, you're right, you can bring people back from the dead. The second one, the new thing that we're going to do is we're going to have a dead person be like a main character in the movie. So we're going to bring him back like halfway through the movie. We're going to kill him, put it, bury him in the cemetery. He's going to come back. And then he's like this clownish buffoon of evil or buffoonish clown of evil. You, right? Do you think, do you think that, do you think that they were wondering if, because the first movie is so heavy that they were like, Hey, maybe we should make the second like lighter and make it more comedic. Well, that's what I wonder. Do you think it was un- intentionally? I think it was campier, or I do. Fun- I think it was goofy. I mean, he's I, like wisecracking in the third act. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. yeah, they're like, let's. I think for this one, they're like, let's make a funner horror movie. What yeah, they like thought would he, be a funner horror movie. Like when but he kills, like when he kills the bully, and he's you know he, when he kills him and he gets blood splatter, he's like, whoops! Like it's just yeah, very, he might as well be yelling yeah. puns. Yeah. And I wonder if that's something to sidestep like a ratings board thing. It's like, well, it's not serious. You can't take this serious, right? We don't want it to be too grim. This movie feels grim, though. Even but it's with weird the- to ratchet up the gore so much and then, like, try to balance it out with more humor, you know? That, an interesting choice. That works in certain scenarios, but it they didn't. Peter Jackson movies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was exactly what I was thinking. Like, if you watch <laughs> Dead Alive, it's fucking hilarious and yeah. disgusting. Yeah, those movies don't feel yeah. like they they're on Valium like this movie does. Yeah, like, it felt like it was just, on Valium. I well, thought this it, was all high, just, hopped up on something. It felt hopped up. Well, I don't know because it's just it feels very like hitchy. <laughs> grungy and just kind of like yeah like those kids sitting in the dam just throwing a rock looking like fucking sour poses that's just that's kind of like the image of this movie just like "Mm." part of it is sean is like the first movie was all like green and blue and had fog everywhere and this movie is just like that shit brown at like the end of november when like all the trees are dead and like it's just (laughs) everything's muddy yeah. yeah, it's mud. Yeah, this movie has like no color or personality the way the first one did. True, it's just very earthy and blah. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a grunge video. It really is. I'm feeling yeah. like uh, like Nirvana's gonna come in here and just start jamming <laughs> at some point. 
Yeah. Well, with their music choices, I was like, mm, they could have gone with something like Nirvana and it might have been better. This movie is so. packed wall to wall. Well, in the end of the credits, we're told there were 10 uh, pop songs or pop rock songs on the soundtrack, which this movie just fucking hits you over the goddamn head. <laughs> which with. they played at length. Yeah, because this is back in the, I think, like, in this era of the 1990s, there was the whole idea that you could have a soundtrack album, right? You know, because it's one of those things where even when you're playing songs during the credits, credits back then were like three minutes long. That's a song length. We got to pack like two or three songs into the end credits because we're basically just sampling them for you. So you'll rush out and buy the soundtrack. The, the, The music, the songs are used as score inappropriately. Over a lot of scenes where it's like, uh, yeah. you're just playing a song. This doesn't capture a mood at all. Right. Just... It, it doesn't It doesn't fit with it at all. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, this song captures every mood. Except for Shitlist by L7. That totally that was skinning the cats. I, was... I like that song. Yeah. And the Ramones do come back. They did you know, the Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery song from the first movie. They do a song over the end credits, or at least part of them. That sounds almost exactly like Pet Cemetery. I yeah. thought it was at first. Me, Me too. too. Yeah. Until I got to the chorus, and then it said, I don't want to be, and I was like, oh no, and then it was a different line. It's almost <laughs> the exact same. <laughs> it's like the difference between Unforgiven and Unforgiven 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who did the uh, Pet Cemetery remake song? Do you remember? Uh, I don't it was know. A it's a really female, it, was a, it was a cover punk band, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was all oh, slowed was. down covers. That I don't know. Love so Again, much. as soon as that movie was over, I was out, so I didn't stick around <laughs> for the credits. Well, I mean, the dynamic. Okay, so here's another question: It's like, who's the most likable character in this movie? Zowie the dog. <laughs> but he's a demon dog. That's demon fine. dog doesn't matter. Even right. but like everyone in this town sucks more, ass, Colin. So he might as well kill else. them all. Yeah, this is this is like the Midwest asshole or something like that. It's just mm-hmm. it's not a nice place. Is it because, sucks. Well, I mean, Maine's asshole. We, we've cast Edward Furlong, uh, and again, you know, I mean, he's not uh, at this point in time. I think the you know his charisma that he had out of Terminator Two is probably a lot of. I mean, James Cameron's a very um, you know uh, he has ideas, right? <laughs> Where he wants his performances yes. to go and all that stuff. This seems like it, you know, it was a little more hands off. So then it's like, you know, you're casting the kid because he became like probably a pinup, you know, model or something for, you know, whatever, 17 magazine or I whatever. Was the hell say, was yeah, he was in tiger kid. beat, tiger beat. There you go. He and, was. um, but he, he wasn't an actor. He was like plucked off the street, I think, uh, for say. Terminator 2, right? The casting <laughs> was, agent found him on a street corner or some shit and said, you're John Connor. I was always really excited when I would get my like 16 or teen bop or whatever magazine and I'd get my like centerfold poster and you never want it to be someone you like on the back. Yeah. Was one, and when it was Edward Furlong, I'd be like, yes, I can oh, so put you it had on one. my wall. <laughs> Furlong on the well, wall. No. No, 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 no. I liked when he was on the back of it. Mm. So she didn't have to, yeah. So, I, so yeah. it wasn't a waste. You didn't have I, to I didn't, Sophie's choice. Yeah, I didn't want to cover someone yeah. I liked. So when it was Edward Furlong, let's score. Holly, did you like get shit. like a mechanical pencil and carefully pry up the staple so it didn't rip the paper? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. absolutely. I've done that for posters. <laughs> you have to. Say, the same yeah. Edward Furlong poster, as it were. Because, because the tear would always be like down the middle of someone's face if you didn't or something. Yeah, I think it was probably like Jonathan Taylor Thomas that went up on my wall. 
Most likely. And uh, Jonathan Brandis, probably. Jonathan Brandis. And Devin Sawa, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, Furlong has Brad like Redfro. the... He's oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, Brad Redfro. Redfro. Actually, for, I, I thought about him. him while we were watching this movie. Yeah, like... Um, because he actually had some a bit of a career and, and I think was considered like a pretty good actor. Uh, Furlong, you know, what he did... Um, he was in Night of the Demons, the remake. Uh, what, there seems like there was something. Was oh, in, Brain uh, Scan. Brain Scan. You remember Brain Scan? That was like the year after this. Wasn't he in uh, Detroit Rock City? Yes, yes, he was. Yeah. Um, But he has a kind of a... See, here's the thing. He's a sullen kind of personality, right? So you've got a sullen teenager, you know, who's mopey oh, no. over about the death of his mom. Because How this is need- the 90s. Yeah. Um. So it's like you don't really like him. There's really no personality to him, right? So I guess he's a cipher for all 13-year-old kids. And but teenagers the thing, suck. But the problem is that you're supposed to at least feel sorry for him, and I don't. Yeah. 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 I think that's the thing. I, I think yeah. I was going to say his friend was maybe uh, Drew, his friend Drew, because it's Jeff and Drew. I thought uh, Drew was probably the one who came off the best of the cast of, like, maybe most sympathetic only because his yeah. dog gets shot and, you know, he's bullied by his dad. Um, I felt for that kid, yeah. But, um, and he becomes basically the, the main character of, like, the middle part of the movie, right? It's about him. Mm. He's moving yeah. the story along. He has heard about the pet cemetery. His mm. dog gets killed. He's let's take the dog up there and bury it, brings the dog back. He's the one, you know, who's driving the plot with the things that he's doing. And Furlong's just kind of, like, along for the ride. And we're like, this is your movie, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting yeah, for that a, story to engage again in the last yeah, 10 minutes. Yeah, the movie's called Pet Cemetery. Ed Fur- Edward Furlong has, like, nothing to do with the Pet Cemetery until, like, the third act. Yeah. Only, only People thing he just gets- like the way this kid looks on a bike. I swear to God. <laughs> Terminator and this. They're just like, we just need you on the bike. That's all you're doing for this scene. Go. Yeah, because the only thing he's getting out of the movie, basically, is uh, the rules, right? You can bring dead things to life. Uh, you have to bury what's yours, this kind of stuff. Oh, the way it's explained in this movie is terrible, too. Did you like, think... Oh. The bully kind of screams half of them at him when, he, when they take his kitten. And I was like, oh, that's how we're going to do it. The bully's going to, like, give him the talk of the town. That's kind of... Yeah, the bully, the bully is the exposition dump. Twice. The bully, mm-hmm. do you remember him from Big? He was Tom Hanks' yeah. friend in Big, or the yeah. kids' yeah. version? Yeah. Honey, I shrunk the kids. A, he, now yes. he's he was. That's what I was trying yes. to think of him, him being from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, he's the asshole right. who just hates Edward Furlong because he's a new kid or something. I mean, I guess that's all the psychological. He's wearing a leather jacket, Colin. That's why. Because Furlong was. Oh yeah. So he's got to torment him all the time. He always calls him uh, Junior. Is that what he calls him? Yeah, Junior. That's, hey, that's Junior. weird. This kid's bullying tactics honestly don't make any sense. He's a bad bully. Yes, he's a real bad bully. Hey, Junior, you want to come over for dinner sometime? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Edward Furlong's a fucking idiot for taking a kitten to school in his coat in the first place. What yeah. a dumbass. So, Jesus. Yes. But Who the that's fuck what, does that? But that's also like, kids are fucking dumb, and they do that. Like, but wait, how old is Edward Furlong supposed to be? He's a teenager, right? He's 13. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's not like he's six years old. He should right. know better. Like he's taking his little buddy high, to school with him. Like you're in high school. You should know that that's not a good way to make friends, to be the weirdo with a cat in his jacket. <laughs> and it's also Aww. just not great for the cat. Yeah, thanks for telling me now, Holly. <laughs> well, his like, dad... That cat's definitely shitting in his coat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? All day long, and I'm sure, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Uh, yep. His dad is a veterinarian. You smell like Edward. cat piss now. You're the smelly cat piss. Now they're going to call you cat piss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Idiot. You just ruined your life on the first This is a missed too, opportunity. Buddy. They should have done that at some point. Well, Anthony that Edwards. Been, that, that nickname would have made more sense if he had called him cat piss. What yeah. Up, right up, what up, cat piss? Yeah. <laughs> it would have been a good nickname for this movie. Yes. They apparently didn't think that far ahead. But he has the cat. He has the cat because. much in this movie. Oh, yeah. He has the cat because his dad is a veterinarian, right? He's apparently a big Hollywood veterinarian who moves back, right, and has to take over a, a dilapidated veterinary office. And of course, big Hollywood veterinarian, right? Big Hollywood veterinarian. Is he in charge? Is he like looking after our animals for our documentary? But this is yeah, probably. Is that what he you got, got Jonesy, out of it? The scorpion. Because I was like, why doesn't he just live in Maine and she dies and the kid lives with her? And so she he's got, you know, the kid has to come back to Maine where the dad lives. Wouldn't yeah. that be would easier than they yeah. have to move put, back? It would and, also put a, a little wrinkle in their relationship if he keeps talking about this and then suddenly like he really wants his mom back. Wow. A more interesting uh, story. Yeah. Yeah. Just right there. I mean, bam. well, I mean, they had to have a reason to bring her body back to Maine. Well, you could still do that because yeah. yeah, it's her hometown. True. She that's comes true. back, you know, you can still do that. Yeah. But at least he'd be set up and, you know, there'd be like probably a relationship that he's having that would be cause, you know, problems for Edward for a long, you know, um, yeah. but no, it's all like, Hey, we just moved back to this town. We got to set up this, uh, uh, veterinarian service. Um, so th- and the random housekeeper, like, which is a lot like the random laundry lady in the original, I guess. Is this just yeah. a thing you do in Maine? You have housekeepers yeah. and laundry ladies? And yeah. just your neighbors that decide they're going to help you? I don't know. I rich, folks, rich folks in Maine, let us know. Veterinarians must yeah. make a lot more money than uh, I thought. I mean, they have movers and uh, a housekeeper who basically, it seems like, lives there. Is there something going on with her and the dad? It, I mean, it seems like it. It seems like they want us to think there is. I don't know. It's very... I don't understand any of the point of the housekeeper other than like the weird obsession at the end. Like, well, see, that's what I think like they could have done, which would have been more interesting. Like she applies for the housekeeper job just cause she was obsessed with the actress. So she can like get into her things and all that stuff. It kind of sounds like that was it kind of the feels intent, like, right. but it didn't really play out. No, like they're, I w- they're, they got stuck in the middle of being a love interest and going that way. That would have made a more interesting story if there had been more about the crazy housekeeper, like trying to become the mom. Yeah. Cause she's like a dead ringer yeah. for her too. I think, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, she's, she looks very similar to her. Yeah. Um, but again, this is unexplored by this movie because this movie wants to give you shock and awe all the time with, uh, we got, uh, well, I mean, I guess it begins in earnest once. Well, I mean, the dog comes back in, uh, you know, it kills cats and it's basically being a menace, but it, uh, it's got red eyes. It's a demon dog, but it kills Clancy Brown. When Clancy Brown comes out to the graveyard where the bullies and everybody's hanging out and they're torturing Edward Furlong by, uh, with, uh, well, not a marionette, but a dummy of his mom and embarrass him. He's screaming as his dummy attacks him. He's like, mom, 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 freaking out. That's weird. But uh, yeah, elaborate, <laughs> elaborate. Why do they have it in for this? Ca- I just don't get it. It's like they were so fervently devoted to his destruction. And it's like, what did the fucking kid do? This is just a hobby, I guess. Bullies. Yeah. Right. This is what I guess they there's do. nothing to do in Maine. Yeah. Um, 
So the dog kills Clancy Brown, rips his throat out. Mm -hmm. Um, Nice. Actually, before we get there, I'm kind of curious, you fans of the first movie. um, Did you get the impression that, because I think this is like a twist on the mythology. Well, there's two things that this movie kind of twists the mythology, but one... Uh, is the idea that a demon possesses the the person, right? So they are basically this demon thing walking around, not, you know, Clancy Brown doesn't see, he seems to be like, yeah, like the old Indians didn't. He has a knowledge that uh, it doesn't seem like he's the thing that lives in the in the pet cemetery. Yeah, the Micmac burial ground, you know what I mean? Right. That's number one, where they missed, they fucked it up. Number two, um, they take the dog to the vet. Vet draws the blood, and it turns out they send it off to the, you know, it's like, this is dead animal blood. Did you get the impression in the first one that, like, when the things came back, their hearts weren't beating? That they were, like, dead corpses walking around zombies? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Especially because their, like, injuries don't heal or anything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like they would eventually just start falling apart, decay from not getting any blood to them and all that. But we know that doesn't happen because Judd's dog dies of old age. When he comes back the second time, Church would have been fine as a cat and lived, uh, you know, and died again. That's that. I, I don't, I'm obsessing about like weirdness. <laughs> I'm just about details. Victor Pascal, you know. Well, he's a he's he's just a a, a phantom. Ghost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Gage, but even the comes ghost back has all of his alive. injuries. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway. Uh, they uh, the dog kills um, uh, Gus, the, the trooper, and so they bury him in the pet cemetery, of course, to cover up because they're kids. What are they going to do? And so he comes back and then begins like the reign of terror on the town. Um, there's a scene that stands out to me where this movie, I mean, it's over the top in a lot of ways. Uh, the twins that go into the uh, veterinary oh, clinic yeah. to uh, get a cat. And they go in the back. He's like, yeah, just go in the back there. They go back to the kennels and the cats are all torn up because the dog demon dog has escaped and killed them all. Sorry, Holly. Then we meet the, uh, what was the, this movie's jam packed with stuff. I hate Sean. All sorts of weird (laughs) shit. Like the guy, the old guy who the the previous veterinarian. Is that who it was? That's who it was. The okay. previous veterinarian. Because I thought they said the previous oh, okay. veterinarian was a she, but maybe I got that wrong. So he that was him. They went to see him. Yeah. And for this I apologize to Michaela. Yeah, this is came out of fucking nowhere. Holy shit. I was not expecting this. What were you expecting? That, mm, that put me over the edge. The, uh, what, well, what did Holly? Everyone in this fucking town has some morbid hobby. Like, no one can just be normal. And this guy's hobby is shitty taxidermy. And he's taxidermying, I don't know what the verb is. He's making <laughs> a pug into a taxidermy. And the hard cut is right to, like, a pug's taxidermied face where he's pulling the eyes out. Yeah. And Michaela has and he a pug, licks so. the eye when he puts it <laughs> oh, in. Well, you got to Pretty great. Pretty <laughs> Not great. Not great. But then Pretty he's great. like yelling at the, you know, I mean, it's one of those scenes that, you know, he's <laughs> just like, the last time I saw one of these kind of, last time somebody brought a animal to, to me that had dead blood was the Creed cat. And you got to take your family and move, move, just get out now. You know, I mean, it's. Uh... <laughs> it's intense. Yeah, they, they do feel, I'll give them that. Uh, any of the little side characters do feel like Stephen King. 
King characters. No. Because you know all the Stephen King characters would have... Well, just because they're just like... You just meet someone who's got like a weird hobby. And I disagree. Little, little off. Okay. <laughs> I feel like everyone in this movie is like someone from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. Yeah. They, you know... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is not Stephen king This is... Yeah, because King at least makes all, things... A little somehow, more backwards. It feels... His characters still feel somewhat relatable, I guess. And that's why it's like these people are aliens. Like every single are, are one of them. Of, are you thinking of King's character in Creepshow? Yeah, that's what is that, is that like. what you're thinking of? <laughs> you're saying when you, you Sean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thinking of Creepshow? Jordy Verrill, mm, he's yeah. pitched and over the top. Yeah. Is, I was like, because that, yeah, he's they're all like that, but <laughs> yeah, no. Well, while this is happening, Clancy Brown is on the rampage, right? He's uh, having a dinner with his family, his wife who doesn't know that he's a zombie, even though I think the night that he comes home, he's going to take a shower, right? Because none of these fucking, they never wash the animals. They all have matted fur and the dirt that they were buried on. And Clancy Brown, likewise, doesn't change his fucking clothes. He's dirty the whole way through the movie. But he comes home to take a shower, and his wife's like, honey, come to bed. And then we get zombie rape, which is like, what the fuck? Where are we going with this goddamn? (laughs) Yeah, it's really uh, weird how they just kind of just jump to things. It's like, well, now we're going to do this. Yeah, and they're just like these little scenes where it's like, and then some kind of extreme crazy thing happens. Just for shock value, it seems, you know? Yeah, speaking of shock value, they very much uh, cue that up when they have the weird dream sequences, which includes, like, dog-headed people. Oh, right. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was something. So, amazing. Colin, going back to your point about like if they don't have blood or like a heart that pumps blood, then he can't get a boner to rape her. So this also does not add up. Right. And all these Boy. things would decay and, you know, drop. I mean, if your cells are not moving, then it's decay, right? Uh, well, and like with the kind of in the original pet cemetery, our understanding of people coming back is that they basically just kind of kill anything that gets in their way, right? They have, like, some residual memories of who they were as a person, but that desire to kill kind of overrides all that. Yeah, That's they not the case bring, with Clancy Brown. They gotta attract more things to the, the power in the woods, which feeds off of having yeah. them as a collective souls or whatever. But Clancy Brown has these stretches where he's able to, like, almost pass as normal. Yeah, apparently he goes to his wife's funeral. Yeah. The wife and kid. Who he killed? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. They do mention that, don't? Yeah, they? it's not you seen. See him at the funeral. That's weird. Yeah, because he's got a gaping wound, right? That he just has a bandage around. He walks around, going <laughs> the whole way through the movie. The fucking scene at the dinner table, the funeral. Oh, <laughs> oh, he's sir, just sir, that's what's wrong with him, sir. He's well, like, he doesn't. <laughs> He just doesn't seem that affected by being resurrected through the pet cemetery, you know? Right. He's pretty much the little girl from the remake. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The dinner scene grossed me out because there's a lot of uh, laughing with your mouth full of Oh my god, that fucking I'm not a fan of food being shown like that. First they show him slaughtering rabbits and then that bullshit with the food pouring out of his mouth. Yeah. As he's laughing at the and the kids are laughing with him and you're like, Ugh. what in the fuck? We have launched into nothing but trouble territory here. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, you're right. Oh, that's why I hated it so much. You just needed a gray hot dog and it would have been right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he does. Uh, he does. He kills the bully, which we were trying to figure out why, because uh, the bully 
uh, tracks down Furlong on his bike and, uh, you know, is like going to kill him or something. I mean, like, these bullies are hardcore. He's like, I'm going to take your nose off in the spinning wheel of your bicycle. And then, uh, right. then all of a sudden Clancy Brown shows up, tells Furlong to go home, which I was wondering, and you got to help me out. Did Furlong bury Clancy Brown or did Drew? Yes. Okay, so Clancy Brown, according to Pet Cemetery mythology, belongs to Edward Furlong. Which explains why he's staring at him at dinner, why explains it, why he's coming around his house all the time. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make sense, but I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But even still, like, in the original, like, it didn't matter who buried them because they still tried to kill everyone regardless. They didn't right. spare the person that buried them. Yeah. That's not how this works. It's not like, like you're not going to kill him, that, I'm going to kill him. It's not like Sleepy Hollow that if you have the head, you have the power. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. Church still bit the fuck out of Lewis Creed all the time, even yeah. though he buried him. It didn't make a difference. Gage still tried to kill him. Like, that did not, that, oh, this movie, in the way it, like, doesn't even know its own mythology when it's the same director is so frustrating. Yeah. yeah but we got to blame really the that, writer. That speaks, that speaks to, well, I was going to say the writer, a lot of studio involvement. Uh, I was going to say, it might have been the writer, but you'd think with her as the director, she'd be like, whoa, whoa, this is not following any of the lore that we did in the first one. Or is no, she I just here for a paycheck? I think she she's just here like, for, not even cares. Yeah, There's this that. is an opportunity to come back and, you know, we're going to hire you again. You worked for us before. Let's uh, let's knock another one out. We'll make easy money. It's Pet Cemetery 2. Who cares sure. what it is? The kids will go see it. And they were right because I did. <laughs> did you see this in theaters Colin? yes i did opening night <laughs> opening night wow yeah, it's pet cemetery too you know you didn't sure. know beforehand what it was you know <laughs> i like the that's true back one. in the day where you just went you're just like i don't know what it's gonna be well yeah. did they have a good trailer uh not really because i rewatched it again tonight <laughs> while i was waiting for sean uh yeah yeah and you're like what is this uh, it's called pet cemetery too anyway then clancy brown kills his family in this car chase down the road, right? Where we're yeah, basically ejecting that. our most likable character and his mom. Or I mean, the mom's at least sympathetic because she's like the wife who's got a long-suffering wife who's got to put up with this fucking asshole. She's, I don't know. My sympathy for her was very slim because she was such a bad mom. No, like, but she yeah. was helping the kid See, out. I'm letting no, you go to the No, she was not thing. helping out the kid. Helping out the kid would, ha- would be not having a toxic stepdad in the house. That would be helping out the kid. Yeah. Well, That's where all the problems are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And we never understand why she's attracted to the guy or what she sees or, like, you know, what the kid sees is not what she sees kind of thing. So she can't actually believe the kid. That's I mean, the, you could. That's. That's, that's the unfortunate part of uh, abusive people is they're also charming to the people that they want to be charming to. In real but life. We don't even see that. Here. No, we yeah, don't. We don't here. see it at all. <laughs> we don't see it at all. That's just general knowledge about shitty people. Yeah. That's not shown in this movie. No, this movie doesn't have the uh, the the artistry, the cleverness or anything. Right, yeah. No. To pull it off. Just yeah, like, no, have, he's an asshole. character development in this movie. Yeah. This movie is a blunt object. Um. So they die. They're killed by a bunch of potatoes. <laughs> I always remember potato <laughs> foot. It's just, just the blood coming down the potato foot. Yeah. I love that, too, because it's basically like the, he's chasing them down the road, and there's two cars next to each other, and he's rolling down the window and doing a because ah, he's doing basically the version <laughs> of the Kurgan. He was the Kurgan in a Highlander, I think, which is still right. the way I will always see Clancy Brown. So this is some version of that. But uh, 
as they're driving down the road, and then there's a truck coming on the road. There's no one else on this road. There's three cars. <laughs> Trucks coming, and for some reason, the truck can't swerve, can't put on the brakes, can't do anything. It just honks the horn. You know, oh, my God, we're going to hit it. And the truck, like, plows into their station wagon and destroys them. <laughs> and it's like, boom, okay, we just ejected our most likable characters and plot drivers from the movie. I guess that means we're going back to Edward, Edward, uh, Edward Furlong. This Pick seems like... Oh, we had a big red semi-truck hit someone in the first one, so we need to do that again. It did, yeah. I'd like to I'd like to think that they were fine after the head-on collision, but the potatoes falling on them was the last straw. It's a potato <laughs> and that's truck. really what killed them. Yeah, there you go. Killed by... That a, would be the most wily Coyote thing ever. <laughs> it, it really would be. The mom screams, I hate potatoes, and then dies. <laughs> well, we're... Uh, uh, and at some point, I guess uh, Clancy Brown's character also, after he kills the bully, right? Uh, he buries him up at the pet cemetery for. How does he kill the bully there, Colin? Uh, well, he with the bike, right? He takes the 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 motorcycle and uh, the you know takes the the wheel, the spinning wheel, to his face and gets caught up in it, whatever, with his scarf, because that's why you don't oh, wear yeah, his, a fucking scarf. It's always their scarf. So he dies. Clancy Brown takes him up to the pet cemetery. That's right. You talked about the weird sex dream. Or did you say it was a sex dream with the dog face people? I mean, well, it Anthony is. Edwards was. Yeah. Yeah. That's how Anthony Edwards is still tethered to this movie, right? Because everybody's telling him, it's like, there's a, this animal's dead. I don't believe it. The creed, you know, animal was dead. You got to get out of town. I don't believe it. We got this Doggy idea from, from Gage and uh, um, what was the Zelda? Right, that you know, basically, once you're dead, you get to somehow the thing projects uh, people from your past and you know alters reality and all that stuff. From the first movie, this one does it, where we we know that the dog, the demon possessed dog, has escaped from the the kennel and is prowling the town and it's getting in the house. Anthony Edwards is having a dream where his wife shows up and you know in bed with him. She's straddling him and saying, like, I can come back, you know, Anthony. And then he looks up, well, because there's a big close-up of her chest, right? Her breasts are exposed, and we tilt up, and she, it's like, this is <laughs> just... It's like, the, it's like the werewolf costume the dog last week was wearing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, this actress is wearing a wolf head. And there's big shock stingers on the soundtrack, right. and he's and there's know. and there's no blending. It's not like the the actress was turning into a wolf. It is just a wolf head, just a yeah, yeah wolf costume head. Yep. That they don't shoot or cover in any kind of way to make it believable at all, and it's like, oh my god, no. what is? And happening? Anthony Edwards is not helping that scene at all with his face. But no. this means that's what I laugh the most at. Yeah. <laughs> but this means, of course, that the dog is actually straddling him. And then we cut to and I'm like, is he fucking this dog? But he's dreaming that he's fucking his wife. And then it cuts back. And so like, many oh, questions. Almost what was happening there. No matter what's no happening, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. There's no good yeah, answer. Yeah. No, you are too close to that dog. Well, no. And, and like, best case scenario, he was having like a sexy dream with the dog straddling him. Yeah, like I think that's what was happening. Yeah, but that's still bestiality. Still gross. Yeah, still gross. Um, yeah, so, best case scenario, you get eaten by a dog. Worst case scenario, you're fucking that dog. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, 
after the after the our protagonists are are killed, we move to um, Edward Furlong, who has apparently, in the space of a day or so, lost his fucking mind. Kind of like uh, Lewis Creed in the first movie, he's gone crazy. Yeah, this is the jump that I was just like, wait, whoa! Did How I did we get here? Five middle scenes. Yeah. Why are there five different middle scenes I haven't seen that led us to this? Where'd they go? Lead you to what? What happened? Well, he jumps to, uh, he has found some remnants of his, uh, all his mom's stuff got moved to the attic. So he's up there kind of unboxing things, and he's, he's set up an area for his mother's return. His address on a, on a, a body form in the corner, the bed's made. I mean, maybe some candles have been lit. Edward Furlong's in a suit. I, li- I like the uh, the vanity is set up with all of her like like pieces perfectly her placed, like and like perfumes, and her hand, like her mirrors, her combs, her jewelry is all like placed out. It's yeah, crazy. like she was like some 1940s starlet. It's right? ridiculous. Right. Like, no, big, she had light, a makeup artist come vanity. in and do that shit. Although I will say, I would have that vanity with all of that stuff if I could. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the idea here is that Furlong's gone off the rails, and so he's like, I can bring Mom back to life. We don't know what has actually triggered this in him, because everything's been horrible up until now. It's like, oh, my God, you brought your dad back to life. This is terrible. And, like, why would you subject your mom to this? He's just, like, so determined to bring his mom back, but the movie just jumps to it. He has to snap. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't see why he snaps. It's just like, okay, he's snapped. He's yeah, this, is, this is exactly why the better movie would have been this like crazy housekeeper moving in and trying to become his mom and trying to like take over and she's nuts and that eventually pushes him to be like you know what I'm going to bring my mom back and she's going to fix this like that would have been the better movie that would have right. been kick ass this yeah, is like <laughs> that's like Friday the 13th part 7 where zombie dad faces off against zombie Jason yeah I, would have just, also, oh, sorry. I don't feel like the movie really like plants enough of the seeds that he really wants to bring his mom back though because it's not even about him this is how you fix it this is how you fix it you you take away that whole opening scene basically you still have mom being electrocuted or dying or something but it's his fault inadvertently it's his fault and he feels guilty for killing her and so that's why he's got to bring her back right see he's got to make it Mm. right (laughs) this is what the first one kind of did it's like you know Lewis Creed is like I got to bring this kid back because I was a neglectful. It's my fault that my kid is dead. <clears throat> oh, yeah, Colin, that's a great idea because have you guys seen a little movie called Garden State? No. Yeah. yeah yes, There's a actually, really yeah. emotional part of Garden State where Zach Braff talks about how he's responsible for his mom becoming paralyzed. Yeah. And that's like uh, Oscar. That's like an Oscar-worthy monologue. Yeah. I think and, that personal tragedy has yeah. to, you know, I mean, it's one thing if fate, you know, does it, uh, which is what happens here. Uh, but I think if you feel culpable somehow it's like that that makes it you know yeah he was on the yeah. damn set yeah also like there's not a motivation with the dad like there's the the talk where he was like do you think you and mom would have got back together and he's like yeah i think we probably would have it's like i need more than that i need like a more like a grieving man who's like desperate to have her back yeah. he's such a non-character what why yeah. is he even in this movie yeah uh yeah My, they needed know. a vet because the idea you're going to have this nuclear family again, I guess at the end, that's what you're trying to, you know, bring back. You bring mom back. Uh, Clancy Brown digs her up apparently because Edward Furlong can't and buries her in the pet cemetery. 
But I was, I got to tell you, I was disappointed when she shows up. She looks absolutely normal. And I'm like, how long has she been dead? She's clean and not rotting. Unlike every other person who comes out of the pet cemetery, it's just mom's back. It does not fit. What's Clancy Brown's motivation for doing this? He's being ordered. like we said earlier, he's Edward Furlong's. I think that's what's so going on. So he's taking on. orders. Yeah. I don't think Edward it Furlong. makes sense, but I think that is what the movie is saying is he is somehow, he belongs to Edward Furlong and does, you know, he protects Edward right. Furlong and he does, you know, this to help Edward Furlong because, oh, and he says that he brings her back because I want to fuck her just to make him even more, you know, disgusting. Right. So like antagonist. <laughs> more points for his character. Yeah. Yeah. As Anthony Edwards has to, has to kill him, there's a scene with the drill that you know in the in this room where uh, there's a uh, Clancy Brown's character has a bunch of fires going and dead rats all, or dead rabbits I all over like, the place. I felt like the the bit with the drill was a nod to the uh, scalpel on the ankle in the in the first one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think that's like what they're, I think that's what they're going for. This whole movie is just a nod to the first movie. It's it's not it's not. A continuation by any means is just tiny little nods to the first movie. Yep. Well, I would say that's absolutely 100% correct. It <laughs> would not exist without the first movie. Um, the uh, climax of the movie involves like a ton of characters showing up. Uh, the mom kills the housekeeper because she's trying to take her place, I think, maybe. Yeah. Or she's just, uh, uh, you know. Uh, she, then they bring back for some reason, I don't even know what the fuck he's doing. And the bully shows up, right? Reanimated and attacks Edward Furlong. It's like, why do you need all of this you stuff? You don't. And it's, and he's so inconsequential that I didn't even realize who it was. I was like, who the fuck is that? What are we doing now? Yeah. He just comes yeah. back with, he's all deformed and he says, you know, like, hey, junior, blah, blah, blah. Fight him. And then, uh. The movie, ironically, does have a happy ending, a change from the first movie. Is it a happy ending? I mean, I guess. It ends. I don't know. Anthony Edwards and Edward Furlong both escape. We have to... They leave. Edward Furlong. I don't know if that's happy. Yeah. Yeah, they just leave and let mom burn because she set the house on fire. Uh, It's not And then for some reason, we have an in memoriam of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) The, like, soap opera, like cameo photos of yeah. like, even with the feathered edges and everything of the people who had died. I, they should have <laughs> done a bit more feathering. Those were pretty <laughs> sh- stark. Yeah, it's just weird. It's not like because usually you would have like, uh, you know, so-and-so is played by or something like this, but this really is like they feel serious. Yeah. We're somehow going to amp up the end of this movie. Like, look at the tragic the, the lives that were lost. <laughs> well, yep. it's they should have showed each kitten one by one. Well, yeah. we've got the uh, well, we've got the like overshot of the car driving through the main countryside. Yeah, yeah, and over to the uh, pet cemetery. Unfortunately, this pet cemetery, the, the sorry, the Micmac burial ground, does not look anywhere as good as the one in the first movie. This was recreated. Uh, I think they said they shot it in like Georgia or something. They did not shoot it in Maine. Uh, they had to shoot the first one in Maine because Stephen King said basically, like, you know, we're doing it in Maine to bring money to Maine, you know, and do a production here. Uh, but the second one didn't have that luxury. They're like, we're going where it's cheap. And they shot in Georgia, I think. I'm not positive, but it looks different. I mean, it, nothing looks like the first. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> yeah. 
It's very strange, weird, unusual, and uh, not in a good way. I'm saying like, a, no. a, a, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of this movie looked like Halloween decorations. It does yeah. take place during Halloween at one point. Which, so you, you know, for, for I, us- split second, I yeah. usually appreciate that, but. <laughs> yeah, I got my hopes up a little bit, and then I was just like, oh, all right, well, yeah, no. we're doing. Yeah. Well, Pet Cemetery 2. Uh, <sighs> tell you what, listener, you haven't even heard. <laughs> right, everyone get it out now. Everyone get yeah. yourself. <sighs> we're all tired of talking about that it. Was, that was an ordeal. But I am willing to bet that we haven't even got to the best part, because this is where we really get to tell you what we thought of this movie. We get to unleash. You get to unburden yourselves. Uh, but first, we're going to answer some of your mail. And to do that, we're going to need the help of our mailman, Igor. Bring us the mail. Masters, masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising, rising. Why, thank you, Igor. I got nothing. No, we got nothing either. I think nope. we're all drained. I'm spent. That's right. And we did this like twice before. So the Igor coming back and being all smelly and all that. Yeah, we did that. Uh, He's well, got a scarf around his neck this time, I guess. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you, you go, Igor. Wow. Wow, this is really this is a this is a moment for the Saturday Night Freak Show. Long time <laughs> Igor's like, you guys are bringing me down. Jeez. I just I didn't feel like forcing it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't force it, Colin. Some weeks we just mm-hmm. don't have it. This has never happened before. Uh, it so it's it Pet Cemetery too. It's Thank you, Sean. Twenty times. Uh, so we want to let you. Uh, if you want to join the Freak Show family, all you got to do you, you re- write into us, and we will read your stuff on the air. You can find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Giant Freak Show. And Twitter? At Sat Freak Show. You can email us. Saturday Night Freak Show at Yahoo.com. And you can find us on Instagram at Saturday Night Freak Show. Um, unfortunately, tonight we are not putting Clancy Brown on the hall of uh, the Hallway of Fame. Aww. Or the Wall of Fame. He was in Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake, which I think was also a Sean pick. And he was in this, but that's, uh, that's one more for Clancy Brown. Uh, Matthew Ola writes in and says, I just watched the remake to listen to your podcast, and now I'm all signed up for this. <laughs> that's, like I said, we're wound up on that one. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Jacob Laws says sometimes the original is better. You're damn yeah. right. You're He's doing the main right. accent there. At least Clancy Which, Brown. He was he, the Clancy only character. Tried, yeah. He was the he only. Did it. He did a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else was doing it. No. Even though it takes place in Maine. Um, CJ Lewis says, good God, I'm so ready for this one. My wife, for whatever reason, loves this movie. For me, it's a horror movie. That it is not only so far off base from the original, but the poster child of early 90s horror movies that have a total lack of self-awareness on how comically goofy they are. And sticking with the theme of horror movies starring child actors, might I recommend The Good Son, starring young Elijah Wood opposite Macaulay Culkin? That's been on my list for a long time. Yeah, I've thought about that one, too. Mr. Highway. I've thought about that Yeah, I think we all dig um, The Lost Son from... I'm gonna guess. Yeah, because it's like a big budget lifetime movie. What's not to love about the good son? 
Travis Legler writes in and says, you're in store for a movie that Stephen King didn't want his name on. You're also in store for a fucked up zombie rapist, Edward Furlong, mostly looking bored. And I can hear Judd's voice now saying sometimes the original is better. It's hard to believe this is directed by Mary Lambert. She did an amazing job on the original movie. Yes. There you go. That's Stay the, agree. That's our review. Well, that's our reviews. Yeah, uh, we're done. We are done. Uh, Michael Whitaker writes in and he says, had it not been a Pet Cemetery sequel, it'd probably be a half-decent zombie movie. Full confession, by happenstance, I did watch this movie before the original Pet Cemetery, so I might be remembering it fonder than it actually is because it got to me first. Sometimes nostalgia does that. Yeah, yeah that. it does. Nostalgia clouds your brain. Simon Carter says, I watched this when I was maybe 14 years old. All I remember is boobs and a fucking dog head that I was not expecting. It, th- it threw me totally out of the moment. That's so, that's it's going to be hard to forget scene. it. I, yeah, I, I feel like that's a, for, that's, a remem- that's a memorable moment for anyone. Not 14, just anyone. But strangely, yeah, I've seen forever. this movie before, and I didn't remember that moment. <laughs> I not remember that. No, no. I remember Clancy Brown. That's like all I took away from this movie. Yeah. Um, Teresa Ann says, this is my guilty pleasure. It's still superior to the 2019 god-awful remake of Pet Cemetery. That's a good question. All right. Is it stay better? Bottom, stay tuned. Is it better? Uh, Carson Snar says you're in for a bizarre sequel that somehow has the name or has the same director as the first one. There you go. Uh, two weeks ago, we watched a movie called Phantoms. Stephen Haynes writes in and says Peter O'Toole was the bomb in Phantoms 2. In all seriousness, though, he lent an air of credibility to the movie that wouldn't have been there if he was absent. <laughs> Colin, if anyone else has a comment about who or who may not have been the bomb in a certain movie we watched, you could skip them now. No, no. I had to sit through how many fucking Chuck Norris jokes? No. You're going to read every goddamn bomb comment we get. Well, all right. Well, I just want to read. Chuck Norris was the bomb in Chantos. I want to remind people that, yes, Peter O'Toole was Lawrence of Arabia, but he was also in Caligula. So, I he mean, was. how much yeah, credibility. I totally forgot that when we were talking about that. I was like, oh, Jesus, he was in that hardcore Roman porno movie, Caligula. Uh, Teresa Ann wrote in again. She says, uh, the part with the dog in uh, in Phantoms was especially unintentionally hilarious. It's just a dog in reality, and Affleck t- completely sold it as being an alien. I agree. It was pretty funny. Yep. Yeah, I like it. Totally sold it. <laughs> well, Novato Judoka says, I believe Reginald Val Johnson's short arc in Die Hard more than Ben Affleck's in this movie, Phantoms. Because they okay. both shot a kid as yeah, a law enforcement officer and have to live with it for the rest of their lives. Well, here we go. We're going to let you know. Really, Michaela. the bottom of our hearts, what we thought of <laughs> Pet Cemetery. Sean can't wait anymore. Huh? Jump Quiet, right Colin. In. We gotta get, we gotta get this over with. Michaela, what did you think of Pet Cemetery Two? You know, I was hoping well. going into this, I knew it wasn't going to be good. I knew I wasn't going to love it more than the original, but I it was hoping at least it'd be awesomely bad and it'd be like entertaining in that sense. Yeah. And it wasn't. It, it it's. I don't want to say it's overstuffed because that would like imply that things are complete. And, like, I don't think there are complete arcs in this movie. I think there's, like, random bits and pieces. Yeah. And it, it, 
it's so overly like convoluted in its setup and in its way of getting back to Maine in a way that it doesn't need to be. This could just be about another family in the same town and you just escalate it in what's being buried or like Colin, your idea of like the sense of responsibility for someone else's death and the guilt, like that's kind of a hallmark of this universe. So, yeah. you know, I, I think the idea to take something that's so tragic and melancholy and like try to make it like zany and goofy is probably not a great way to go. Um, I mean, that's why we have sleepwalkers. If we want to watch like a zany Stephen King movie, we'll go watch sleepwalkers, you know? Um, it's Edward Furlong. I just don't get it. I've never gotten it with him. I don't know why he has a career. I don't know why people think he's a big deal. I I, I just I've, it's completely missed me. I don't understand it. This movie didn't uh, he's help. He's only done two good movies: Terminator and uh, History X. Oh yeah, he, he's right, at man. like every convention now. He does a lot of conventions. I'm not surprised, um, and he probably charges way too much. I'm sure, but. It and like yeah, it's gorier, but well, like, do you think he'll sign his mugshot? <laughs> you can try. <laughs> it's always funny to watch people get turned away. <laughs> it I just don't really see any redeeming qualities to this movie, and it's really disappointing that Mary Lambert like directed this. I mean, good for her for getting paid and for like not turning down big work like this, but at the same time, like uh, your name's still attached to it, so maybe yeah. care a little bit. Um, yeah, no, it's a pass. There's just, there's, uh, I, I'm tired of talking about it. <laughs> Holly. Um, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I was, I was on the same mindset that you were, Michaela. I was hoping that it was just going to be awesomely bad. It was just going to be like funny or something that we would enjoy in some capacity. I knew it wasn't going to be good, but yeah, no, I, uh, I made a list of pros and cons while I was watching it. And um, I'm going to read them to you. My pros, it's pretty, pretty simple. It had decent gore. Clancy Brown was awesome. And Jeff's kitten lives. Those were That's my right. Pros. The cat does live. Yeah, those were my pros. Now my cons, it looks like a TV movie. Edward Furlong, just in general. <laughs> just Edward Furlong. Yep. Uh, the dog getting hurt. Cat napping on a bike. That was a weird choice. N- taking a cat and then dr- riding off on a bike. Yep. Um, Gus, everything about Gus. <laughs> twins. You know how it's I feel just about twins. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I feel about twins, man. Yeah, that's right. Uh, dead kittens. Zombie rape. Skinning rabbits. The weird, gross dinner scene. Weird, freaky dream sequences with the dog head. Uh, Anthony Edwards' dog headed sex. <laughs> Uh, the soundtrack in general, pug taxidermy, the stupid bully kid from oh, Big. Pug, pug taxidermy is a great band name. It is, isn't it? <laughs> That's a great band name. It is, but it sucked. Um, <laughs> the, the stupid bully kid from Big, stupid pointless plot, plot holes and in inconsistent mythology, the use of the line dead is better, and the in memoriam recap. So... I think it's pretty obvious that this movie sucks balls and I don't ever want to watch it again. So giant pass. No, never, never again. Colin, back to you. <laughs> That's amazing. Cause that whole list sounded like uh, one of Joe Bob Briggs driving totals right there. <laughs> yeah, <it really> did. <laughs> um, 
Oh, I forgot to. Uh, sorry, in the uh, the mailbag, uh, Chris Pazian wrote in and said Edward Furlong was the bomb in Pet Cemetery Two. What was written right underneath that, Colin? <laughs> Sean going boo, <laughs> boo, boo. <laughs> yes, I booed. I booed one of our fans. Boo this man. <laughs> boo this man. Yeah. It's rude. It's rude. Uh, this movie, I fucking hate this movie i hate it on so many levels uh i hated it when i saw it in the theater i was betrayed betrayed i think that's the first uh you know emotion that you have when you have a movie which i mean pet cemetery to me is a classic of the horror genre i mean it's kind of um it's like a lowbrow movie, but it still has that, uh, you know, it, it has genuine human uh, moments of tragedy. Uh, I mean, it actually works in that kind of dramatic way. It's like that movie is horrifying. That is a good horror movie. And they've done two more of them, and they both suck. They both miss the mark. They both betray the legacy of the original movie and the novel. Um this one is just horribly written. I mean, it is. It does feel like we just hired some guy who got out of college, and you know, it's like, hey, you know, hey, you're an upcoming screenwriter. We don't have to pay you much. Just go ahead. He actually had written other stuff before this, including a movie called Lionheart, not the Jean Claude yeah. Van Damme one. Yeah, uh, it was something about like actually Edward the Lionheart, or some kind of fantasy thing. I don't know, but. Um, it feels like it was put together like written. This is like a first draft or something like they didn't actually think any of these characters through. We don't need it. Eh, Pet Cemetery 2. They're coming back. They're going to watch it anyway. doesn't matter what Honestly, the fuck the movie is. Ralph I think Singleton. they just found a couple film reels somewhere and they're just like, what can we do with this? Let's put it together and call it Pet Cemetery 2. Yeah. I mean, it's an ugly movie. I guess that's uh, number one. It's ugly in it. Everything about it. The, uh, the design of it, the characterizations, the music, uh, aside from the atrocious, well, I don't know if there would be atrocious on their own, but the songs don't match anything. And it's like, okay, this is, you know, you're selling your soundtrack album, but the score is one of those like MIDI scores where they don't actually have an orchestra, but they play those fucking like uh, violin keys. So it's, it's like an electric violin synthetic thing and a lot of twangy guitar, which I think they're trying to go for like emotions. And then they get like guitar rock, uh, you know. It's it's a far cry from the Elliot Goldenthal uh, score, the first one, which I love because it's both creepy and very mm -hmm. sad. Sure. Um, and haunting, you know, and I was actually wondering at some points, like, you know, if you put that score on this movie, would it improve them? I think it actually probably would, but I mean, the movie is just, it would help the tone, but the movie's still bonkers. Yeah. It feels, this feels like a movie that was made very quickly without much thought. Mm. It was, we we're just going to churn it out. Um, and, uh, everything about it. I mean, aside from being ugly, it's gross. Uh, and by that, I mean, just like the characterizations, the tone, all of that. It's just like, this is a gross movie, uh, with no fucking logical point or reason. It shits all over the mythology of the first one. I think it doesn't follow any of the, uh, you know, any, anything that's set up from the first one. There's really nowhere to go with that story. You know, once it gets, it's the monkey's paw. Once the, the thing comes back at the end, that's the zing and it's yep. over, you know? Uh, there's really not, uh, cause I mean, that's all that 
place, the burial ground, that's all it does. It brings dead things back to life. <laughs> you know, we, we had the tragedy. There's really not more to explore. So, um, yeah, I, uh, it has the, uh, the 90s studio horror movie stank. This is one of the worst ones. If you haven't seen it, uh, I'm sorry, you know, that you suffered this far through, but I'm going to say avoid this like the fucking plague. There's one pet cemetery the 1989 one. You should see that. Love it. Cherish it. Watch it all over and over and over again and uh, and avoid the rest. Um, Sean, what did you want? And why did you do this to us? Because this is the thing. Is like Mika- Holly and Michaela hadn't seen it before. You're inflicting this poison upon them. And me, I had suffered through it again. But, Sean, why'd you do this? You picked it. What was on did. going through your mind? I did pick it. Um, man, I remember uh, watching this, I think, one time um, back when I was a kid. And uh, as you've, we've seen throughout the years, I bring stuff here because I, I need to deal with it. I have issues. <laughs> um, and so I brought this because I, I needed to... Uh, uh, Put, uh, put it to rest. Like, this needed to be the be-all, end-all of how do I feel about Pet Cemetery 2? Because I didn't know how I felt because uh, I didn't remember it. Like Colin said, the one thing that is so very memorable about this is Clancy Brown. And I remember yeah. him. That's the big element I remember from this movie. I didn't remember a lot more of it. I didn't remember all the mom stuff at the end where she's, like, standing on a bed on fire, melting, screaming, dead is better. Totally forgot that, that part. Um... I knew it was more gory than the other one. I don't know. But nobody's really. Everyone's just kind of shit in this movie. Edward Furlong's mopey. His friends mopey. The dad's fucking mopey. Everyone's fucking moody in this movie, and not in a good way. I don't like them. But Clancy <laughs> Brown is pretty good. <laughs> I don't like. I think, them. <laughs> I think I don't like them, and I think that does a real big disservice to your to your movie when you don't like anybody. Like, why would I want to watch this if I just don't like anybody? So I was, I brought it tonight because I was kind of hopeful, like maybe there's something there. Um, well, we found out that there's really not anything there. Um, so uh, I'm going to have to agree with the rest of y'all, and we're going to pass on this one. Um, you probably shouldn't watch it. I don't – just listen to us bag on it, and I think <laughs> you'll be fine. Um, they did Pet Cemetery, uh the first time, and they did it the best time the first time. And, yeah, just stick with that because – Nobody else seems to be able to nail this formula, and we should probably stop dying. Um, so, yeah, it looks like it's going to be uh, all round pass on Pet Cemetery 2. Yeah. Looks like we're not picking up that Shop Factory special edition. <laughs> Although, <laughs> sorry, I will, Shop I will put a, a plug in again. I think I do this every time we watch Pet Cemetery. You should check out a movie called Wakewood with Aiden Gillen from uh, Game of Thrones. It's a hammer film that came out in the 2000s, but it has a similar thing going on there, and that was actually too bad. You know, Sean. And you were saying you were bringing it basically to take a look at, uh, you know, to put the final word on it. While we were watching the movie, I'm like, somewhere out there, there's somebody fucking defending this thing. And so I looked up, you know, in defense oh, no. of Pet oh, Cemetery no. 2. And sure enough, there's a bloody disgusting article where the author uh, is saying, like, how it's actually this really fun time. And so I was wondering that, like, you know, we're we're being we're this whole podcast has been pretty serious <laughs> about this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Which is kind of a contrast to how we did like a movie like Sleepwalkers, which is also a bad movie. But this is the sequel to a really serious movie. Maybe that's why. I think so. Maybe that's if why. We had, if we had like a real serious movie and then the sequel was Sleepwalkers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 
I feel, oh yeah, no, it's, it's like, think about it. Seriously, think about it. If we didn't have a pet cemetery, if this was the only one, we might like it because it's bonkers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But there is that feeling of like they're shitting on something that you love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's just, like, called having a difference of opinion. Yeah. You don't have to agree. Yeah. No, I'm saying that the, our feeling toward the movie is that they're shitting on something that we love. Yeah, that's I'm why it's that's hard a, to, you know. That's a difference of opinion. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, Pet Cemetery 2. We hope you won't watch it. We never will again unless Sean. <laughs> yeah, it back. No, never again. Uh, no. I, I thought I had avoided it, but here we are. Uh, so next <laughs> week, we're going to watch a movie that's chosen by Holly. Are we back to Holly again? Yep. Okay. Holly, what are we watching next week? Well, um,. Colin, I know you want to get out of the 90s, but we're just not. We're <laughs> <safe>. <laughs> well, there's a possibility watch. you may find one of the good ones. Well, Here this we week we're going with an action movie called Broken Arrow. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, boy. Holly and, I, Holly and I were, she had was hung up on a couple of her picks, so I showed her my list, and we realized our list had some overlap, and that's where some of these picks yeah. So now you're just going to start eliminating those. Yeah, well, Phantoms and Broken Arrow. Yeah, those are the ones we have. <laughs> Ain't it cool? There you go. Ain't it cool? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We need a little Travolta this summer. Yeah. Oh, some Travolta would be good. It's been, a, it's been what? Uh, since uh, the Fanatic, that was the last time we saw him? Yeah, I could yeah. use a little Travolta. Yeah. Like, right. and not where we're bagging on him, some good Travolta. Yeah. All right, well, it's next week. John Woo. Christian Slater and John Travolta broken arrow on the Saturday night free show. And until then, ladies and germs, the basement is going dark.